Ladies and gentlemen, guess what? I'm back on my own, motherfuckers. No, Alan isn't taking another extended break. I just watched a movie that I wanted to review that I felt like Alan wouldn't watch because he's not a slasher flick, horror flick type of dude. But that's my bread and motherfucking butter. Welcome to a special edition of the Entertainment Beyond show. And guess what, motherfuckers? You made a wrong turn in 2021. That's right. I am going to give you my opinion of the reboot of the franchise, Wrong Turn. Now, when I saw this trailer come out, I will, first of all, because I had read an article. Um, if any of you guys know me by now, I like to be behind the scenes on uh, what's going on in the entertainment industry. And I was reading an article about this, and it's like, wait a minute, hold the fuck on. I had stopped reading the article. I had to go to YouTube, type in Wrong Turn 2021 trailer. And I was like, huh, interesting, because there's the main thing. So Wrong Turn, the OG one with Elijah Dushku. Um, it was good, but the main premise is that, you know, they, they literally, quite literally made a wrong turn and ran afoul of some inbred cannibals. And so I think I'd got as far as wrong turn too. I think they'd, uh, their straight to DVD high art collection, uh, ratcheted six movies with this one being the seventh in the entire franchise. But I was kind of like, I don't know, man. It's like, can you really, can you really do inbred cannibals in 2021? Is that really going to grab people? And after watching this movie, which is, by the way, it's no small potato. It's, uh, it's an hour and 50 minutes, which is insanity to me because Horror movies are usually like a 90-minute affair. You get nine, you got 90 minutes, you know, shoot your shot all over their face and get out of Dodge. And this movie, while it did feel a bit long towards the end, and I'll talk about that in a minute, it was, fuck, man, to me, and, you know, fucking shoot the messenger. Completely feel free to shoot the messenger on this one. But this is how you do a fucking remake. This is how you do a fucking remake. The people who pretty much remade Shot for Shot, uh, what was it, Cabin Fever, Eli Roth's Cabin Fever, should um, watch this fucking movie. Because not only was it a remake, it was a re reimagining. They basically just lifted the name. And... So there are no inbred cannibals. There are a couple jokes, a couple tongue-in-cheek jokes towards the end of the movie about inbred cannibals. But there are no inbred cannibals. What you have is the foundation. And it's totally something that rings true, especially what's going on in the world today. I could totally see a collective like this, like the foundation, existing in real life. And what it is is a group of, a group of like-minded people who shared the same ideal and they reasonably feared that the world was being torn asunder with all the um, bullshit going on. And so they moved up to a mountain. They claimed this patch of land. And 
They basically told people, fuck off. Like, you stay away from us, we'll stay away from you. And that which is something you don't find out. I think there's about the first kill, or the first death, I should say. There's a difference between kill and death. The first death doesn't take place until almost 25 minutes into the flick. Which is another thing that's amazing because I was looking, I'm like, come on, like I, I got my, I got my murder boner up, and I, I want to see someone get killed. I want to see somebody get off. Nobody gets killed in the uh, first 20 plus minutes. It's all character building, which is another thing that I applaud this movie on. I, I love, I love the actors. You've got. You know, it's kind of typical by now. You got your interracial couple. You got your straight white, white to white couple. And then they did something that was just like, to quote Kevin Smith, it was a Jeff's, a Jeff, Jeff's kiss. Not chef, a Jeff's kiss. They included a interracial gay couple, which is people, I don't know, some of you listeners probably like, why are you applauding that so hard? Because you don't see that in horror. They've, for the longest time in horror movies, a gay character was just, it was a, it was a trope. It was, it was less cool than uh, the final girl trope or the virgin trope. You know what I'm saying? The gay character, and they never really survived, uh, you know. I, I remember there being a lot of openly gay characters in horror. I'd had to go back through my memories museum and re-rack my brain to figure that out. But I loved this. They had a, a Hispanic man and a, I believe, Indian man. I, 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 I assume, I don't like to assume, but he looked to be of some type of Indian, maybe Iranian descent. But I thought that was so fucking cool, man, because usually you just get a bunch of straight, horny teenagers, or you may, maybe you get a lesbian, but it's never played up for, for anything more than perversion, to be honest. And uh, I, I, thought, I thought the actors did a good job. I can't remember his name. There's an actor who looks like another actor from a show called um, Awkward that ran on MTV for four or five seasons. But he's not. But he, every time I look at him, he looks like Maddie from Awkward. It was trippy. But I, I thought that they all had great chemistry. Then you got to, you got to, oh yeah, there's the black guy who with sunglasses on looks like fucking Trevor Noah, which threw me the fuck off too. Because I'm like, man, fucking Trevor Noah, there he is. There he is, brah. But it wasn't Trevor, you know. So I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think because I watched this movie over the span of like you know I was watching it on my break times at work and on the on the ride home so I broke it into like three or four days so yeah then then I can't remember his name the one of the 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 men from the from the the gay couple uh, dies. Fucking, and it's never, so when it happens, because I think some of this movie, I think the way, the the thing that was brilliant is that they played on your expectations that this was just going to be like the original wrong turn, where shit was happening to people of a vicious intent, 
where things aren't things aren't as they seem with the foundation in this interpretation of the wrong turn. <clears throat> and so they're hiking <clears throat> in these hills and then this fucking huge ass tree just falls out of nowhere and everybody fucking scatters to the winds and one of the guys gets killed. The uh, Indian gentleman gets killed and it's fucking smashed between a tree and fuck dude like there's sometimes where this is more of like a thriller but then there's some shit straight up horror where oh man even though it's a movie like oh that was rough to see a motherfucker get crushed between two trees and his face is just like uh, teeth and brain and all that fuck man like this movie is violent but there are times where it chooses to spare you having to see it um so after that, after that gentleman dies, everybody kind of makes their way about things. And you're still, I mean, for me, I'm like, okay, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, when are these inbred fucks going to come out? They ain't got to be cannibals. They ain't got to be inbred. Like, well, you know, you ain't got to be inbred, but you can be a cannibal. One or, one or the other would be fine with me, uh, if I'm being completely honest. Um, they, they fucking... They go stay the night in a tent because it's late at night and it starts raining. Uh, classically, someone's there fiddling with their their um, stuff. They steal all their cell phones in the morning. <coughs> then the guy, we'll just call him Maddie from Awkward. Maddie from Awkward, after they all realize their cell phones are gone, uh, he, he, he rightfully assumes that... Um, these inbred backwoods fucks took his girlfriend. And so he goes fucking off looking for her, ends up, you know, running in a field, tripping. And then he's like, oh, there's something, something on my foot, something on my foot. There's a fucking chain. And the shit starts pulling him. And I'm like, I'm fucking, uh, my murder, my murder boner is like near maximum hardness. So I'm like, yeah, let's go, let's fucking do it, let's kill some fucking teenagers or young adults, I don't give a fuck, let's kill some people, come on. Oh man, he gets dragged underneath this fucking, this, it's, this hole, it's, it, it seemed like a trap intended for human beings. And I'm getting to the, the turn of wrong turn. So, then not Trevor Noah and his girlfriend... Uh, try to try to get in the hole to find Maddie from Awkward, and a snake almost bites not Trevor Noah. So then, not Trevor Noah's girlfriend is like, "Hey, you know, he's somewhere. The shit leads somewhere to somewhere, but we're not gonna find it here. So let's just fucking take off." Which is kind of like that's suspiciously cold. Like, this, there's logic there. Like, hey, he's not here, but, you know, we're not going to find him. So we kind of, we should kind of fuck off and just say, like, you know, let's get the fuck out of here. So then, oh, man, trying to remember. I'm not going to give you guys a slight blow by blow, but the just some of the things that I really, really, really dug. So that happens. Oh, they, they find the Hispanic gentleman. And they find a shack. 
and it's eerie as fuck because there's all these different old ass cell phones and purses and wallets and eyeglasses and all this shit. And so it clearly looks like, you know, that's a scathing indictment of whoever the fuck these men in the mountains are who are just been taking people for like decades and doing God knows what with them. So then they're like, you know, classic, classic scenario. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? They turn around, they see these two tall fuckers wearing animal skulls with horns protruding out of them. One is wearing just one skull and one's got a, he's kind of almost a many face God, if you will, for my Game of Thrones fans. He uh, has many faces, three skulls to be exact. And they have Maddie from Awkward tied up like a, like a luau pig. And they're taking him. It, lo- it looked really fucking sinister. Like, like his life was motherfucking forfeit. And like I, I promised you, we're getting to the turn right here. So they all fucking grab a weapon. They all armor up and run at these fuckers, which is that's bravery. Because I think I, I would have just tried to, you know, be like LaRoe and go in for the kill. I wouldn't have screamed. I don't understand. It's always frustrating to me in movies when, when someone has the upper hand and then they automatically give their uh, position away by yelling right before as they're jumping to attack. Like no one would do that in real life. No one would be like, I've got the drop of my enemy. And now that I've got the drop of my enemy, I'm going to go as I'm attacking them. Like what? That's not real at all. Idiot. So not Trevor Noah starts screaming at him. No, fucking put my friend down where's my other friend you, you killed my other friend and then the the two mountain men are speaking some some type of dialect that they're never it's never made 100% sure or 100% clear what 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 language you're speaking but they're speaking stuff they're pointing and stuff like that and i'm just i see the bone arrow i'm like oh my god someone's going to catch an arrow straight through the chest which unfortunately no one did but they're arguing, they're arguing, and then in slow motion, Maddie from Awkward rises up with a big-ass log of his head and cracks the motherfucker in his skull. Like he went Harambe on his ass. He fucking flipped the fuck out. Like he had a full fucking flip-out, panic, breakdown, melt-out. And... He fucking brained this motherfucker. He turned his fucking head into a a bowl of unseasoned porridge. And holy fuck. And then after that, uh, the camera kind of pans out and his girlfriend's standing there. And then, of course, naturally, she's like, what the fuck is that? And then they're like, where'd the other guy go? So that is the turn. Because up until that point, as it's later discovered in the movie... The people in the mountain had no ill will intent. They don't like trespassers as, as at all. Ugh, I'm sorry. They don't like trespassers at all. But the traps were sent out, set, set up for animals. So because of what Maddie from Awkward did, he unintentionally sentences all of his friends to death. And this happens. So that happens. The guy gets brained and then they all get individually captured which is another fun sequence. I don't want to give you guys all the movie. There's spoilers, yeah, but you can still enjoy it. I don't need to break it down bit by bit, piece by piece. 
but there is there's a chase scene where they do incredible shit with silence and then immediate violence that's just kind of like there are so many times in this movie and i you guys i've watched so much horror i've seen real real life horror there's not very much that can shock you when you've seen your own adopted mother lying in a pool of her own blood you know so horror movies are something that uh, it's more entertaining me i can't remember last time a horror movie made me cut my hand to my mouth cup not cut cup my hand to my mouth in shock and this movie had a lot of those fucking moments where it's just like holy fuck so i'm just trying to decide i'll leave some i'll leave some stuff out you know they there's a trial everybody's found guilty uh maddie from awkward is it's a eye for an eye type of scenario. So Maddie from Awkward gets brained by the leader of the, um, I almost called him the Pact. I can't remember their fucking name right now. But the, 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 they're not even a cult. They're just, just, whatever. They're people in a mountain. But I can't remember the official name. So then a whole bunch of shit happens in the middle. I kind of want to leave some stuff unseasoned for you guys. And... Her father, oh, I forgot to tell you, the movie opens up towards the the uh, the beginning of the third act. And her father will call him Jeff Bridges Light, um, is continuing to look for her. And these townspeople are like, man, fuck off, no. Like, everybody knows about the pact. Oh, fuck, that's not their name. Everybody knows about these people in the mountains, but nobody, it's kind of like, you know... Don't fucking ask, because I'm definitely not going to tell. And um, they, the, the, the local townies try to... There, There's a lot of red herrings all throughout this movie. And maybe it's for people like you and me who have seen the original Rog Turn or you've seen any horror movie where any kind of town person could be suspicious as fuck. And so you... Um, it. This is some confusing shit. But basically, he he gets into the fucking camp. He gets his daughter out after a multitude of things happen, which, like I, I, I just said, I'm going to leave some things unseasoned because why there are some spoilers. I want to leave some stuff un, unspoiled because this is a really fucking good horror movie. This is a really good movie. Um, and I'm willing to fist fight anybody who thinks otherwise. Uh, the one thing that I was kind of not super high on, and we'll just jump right to the end, is there are, I mean, technically you could say there are two false finishes, even though there's only one false finish, but the movie has so much length that, and and again, like I said, if you're like me, you're like, come on, man, when's the other fucking shoe drop? And she made it out alive, but you still got about... 15 minutes which is just like this movie's so fucking delicious in so many ways for this shit and uh, so she gets home you get a little bit of her home life the job that her dad was trying to offer her in the beginning of the movie the reason that she is on this journey to find herself so to speak and then she goes home when she gets home uh, 
the leader of the fucking, I can't remember, the, I'm just going to call him the Pact. The leader of the Pact is there with the little blonde girl that she tries to get to run away with her. And, yeah, it is a very intense scene. Uh, she, she, she just stands there in shock. He tells her congratulations on this, which is, I, I can spoil some of it without giving it all away. You know, again, we're leaving it unseasoned for you guys. I want you to do your own seasoning. Come on, baby. Hey, baby. I want you to do your own seasoning, baby. So she puts down the groceries after her mother says, hey, you going to put those groceries down? She's like, hey, I got to go. Uh, I got to go to my room real quick. She goes to her room and she pulls out her first drawer. I'm like, she's going to pack and just leave. No, she grabs two fucking savage ass looking knives. Has one in her back, one in her hand, comes back out, says, get the fuck out of my house. Her mom is, I think her name is Jennifer, but don't hold me to that. Uh, she's like, Jennifer, I never, I never. He says, put, the, put your weapon down or I'll kill your entire family. And it's just like, especially since you know how proficient they are being hunters and, and hunter killers, hunter gatherer killer people thingies. Um... I, this put me on edge. I was really fearful for the family. And she, they have a little tete-a-tete. Tete-a-tete? A tit for tat. And, uh, yeah, he's like, come back. And she's like, there's, what's the point? You're just gonna have to kill me. And then, you know, he says, yeah, because of beep. Because I'm leaving it unseasoned. And... She's just like, fuck this, throws a knife, he dodges the shit. She jumps up, uh, chronicles a Riddick style with knife in hand at him, and he catches her and throws her into a bookshelf. And then some other shit happens. And, yeah, I, I don't want to spoil it for you guys too much, but... There are two different endings. Just know that. Well, fuck it. You know that now. So he grabs a knife that ends up lodged in the bookshelf, stabs her mom in the chest, slashes her brother's throat, readjusts the knife, and plants it sternly in the other brother's fucking chest. And that made me clasp my hand to my mouth because I was so fucking shocked. But then she gets the final stroke where... Because she's behind him, the bookshelf, which she'd been tossed at, tossed through, basically. Uh, she gets him after he murders her last, the last of her family members, the other brother. Gets him down the table, puts a fucking knife right in his skull. And I wanted this to be the ending, not, not because I thought the movie was too long, because this is a perfect ending. Uh, where the mom is dead, the two brothers are dead, and the leader of the foundation is dead, leaving only her and the little blonde girl that she tried to escape with. But then after that, which is just that, that was shocking. That would have been an amazing ending, in my opinion. And there's, there's shit that they do with the evolution and implications of weakness on the part of this final girl that they, find, that they, they end up being like, nah, nah, I don't know about that. And so... The, the real ending is 
basically, it's almost, and it's kind of funny because it's almost word for word. It's like she was running a scenario. It's almost they have a they have a tit for tat, and the tit for tat is almost word for word. But she doesn't have any weapons. She never went to her room to grab them. And she says, promise me, you know, if I go back with you, that you won't hurt them. You won't come back here. You'll leave my family alone. Promise me. And he says, you have my word, but I don't, I don't fucking believe that dude for shit, you know. You don't believe anybody who's supposed to be the villain, which technically they ain't the villains, you know. If, uh, if Maddie from Awkward hadn't killed one of the guy's brothers, you know, it might have been a little different. There are some things I'm intentionally leaving out because I want you guys to to make your own discovery on this fantastic movie. But we get to the end because some, some things have been, some packs have been made, you know. They, they made an agreement of sorts, which, again, I don't want to spoil for you. I'm sorry to backtrack. Sorry to do you guys like this, but to backtrack a little bit, uh, the final girl and Trevor Noah end up surviving because they have skills and... Not Trevor or not Trevor Noah um, ends up like full. He he's so. Um, what do you call that? Not gaslit. Um, he's almost Stockholmed in in a, in a way that he's completely given up on the real world. So you're sitting there trying to figure out because I because I forgot because I'm a classic stoner trying to figure out how the fuck did the foundation find her house that son of a bitch not trevor noah told them so when they're walking outside uh they've got a camper and you're like i like you're like no like how and they get away and credits start rolling and then bam title card wrong turn wrong turn in a world where people go turning the wrong way. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and then after that, credits are rolling, and you're just watching this this Winnie, this Winnebago, uh, roll down the street. And I, I'm just like... So I start fast-forwarding through the um, the credits, and I start to notice that the Winnie, the Winnie is like swerving so i'm like oh hold on hold the fuck on what do we what do we have here uh so i rewinded a little bit and yeah this motherfucker starts swerving and turning and turning hits a parked car uh and ends up sandwiching the parked car between a tree and the winnie uh this fucker comes flying out then that fucking girl who was on fire the final girl comes flying out, stabs this fucker in the chest or the back and in the head about five times as this other guy, the driver, is getting out and limping away. And it's so bad. She fucking picks up the knife, runs probably about five feet, eddies her steam, uh, eddies her steam, yeah, steadies her aim to make sure her shot is true and lodges that fucking knife in the back of that guy's back. And then stabs the holy fucking hell out of him. This is fucking badass. This, she is, I haven't been as fucking pumped and as fucking, like, bad, bad fucking ass for a finer girl since fucking Lori Strode. And you know what? Shoot me, sue me, come after me, you know? 
Fight me. Fight me at my house. Fight me at my grandma's house. Fight me at my work. If you think that my... Sorry about that. I forgot to turn my stupid fucking work alarms off on my phones. So, it interrupted it. I'm terribly sorry about that, listeners. And that kind of, like, ruined the momentum I was building of almost yelling at you guys about how I find this final girl to be the best since Laurie Strode in the original Halloween. Because there's such a, a fierceness and there is careful consideration to have her be told by the leader of the foundation, because I can't remember their name, um, that she is not a strong person, that she puts on like she's strong, but she's not strong. And the evolution of this, she, there are some, some of the most brutal kills, in my opinion, besides the traps, come from the final girl, Jennifer, Jennifer if I'm getting her name right which I'm probably not, because I'm terrible at names. Good faces, but terrible at names. But yeah, um, we we regulate on a, a puff system of one to five puffs, and I'm puffing on this one hard, man. I'm puffing on this. I'm giving it four and a half puffs. It's a fantastic movie. And I'm giving it that high um, of, a, of a puff rating because... This is this is how you do a fucking like all the people, the guys who remade Friday the Thirteenth and The Nightmare on Elm Street, and fucking Chucky, and I you know the list goes on and on and on in. They'll take them to the crib unless you bone in. <laughs> I'm sorry, Biggie Smalls, baby, baby, but this is how you do a motherfucking uh, remake, reimagining, reboot, whatever. Like, this was so fucking good. And it was totally unexpected. And so the only reason I'm not going to give it five puffs, I can't give it five, is because I really wanted the false ending to be the real ending. But other than that, Jeff's kiss, motherfucker. To quote Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin. And that is going to adjourn this podcast, people. Um, Me and Alan will be joining you for a regular edition of entertainment beyond i just wanted to hit you up style i just wanted to hit you up style baby with a limited edition podcast episode where i could talk to you about some holla all right people i'll check you tomorrow as always thank you for spending whatever amount of time you do listening to our podcast as air quotes mr entertainment beyond would say thank you to all three listeners all right i'll check you guys tomorrow bye